Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, we got Chuck, we got Justin. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Another week, another dollar, and let's get the show going. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. That's it. Chuck, you out there, man. What do we got, dude? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm a, awake and alive. I'm just putting Stormcast dragons together. It's, it's, show, ah. it's show and tell to start, the, but you got you got to do the sound effects, man. Folks, here it is. Chuck, let's let's, let's have it. Caca! Is that the oh, sound? You, th- wait, that's the sound they would make? Caca? Yeah, they're like big birds. Don't big, you know dinosaurs came from birds? Wouldn't that be awesome if Big Bird on Sesame Street was actually like 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 that? Don't you know, give him any ideas. He's running around, please. you know, Cookie Monsters trying to kill it. Everyone's screaming, you oh. know, Bert's out there, you know, Ernie's crying in the corner. That now that's entertainment. Poor Ernie. We really I, have sw- to- I, I swear to God, if I see those things come across as chickens, oh my God. Chuck, I did Chuck, a chicken army. Chuck, Chuck one more later. time, man. One more time, Chuck, with, 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 with the sound effect. Caca! There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, you know what? Uh, outside of that, uh, we got uh, we got quite a show uh, today. We're going to be talking about um, we're going to be getting into the Luminoth Realm Lords along with uh, with the news. We're going to kind of extend that topic a little bit beyond the news because uh, I figured uh, that was such a, a big piece in the news uh, this week that we're actually going to be uh, getting into that and talking about that. And we're also going to be talking about uh, kind of a kind of a brainstorm idea that uh, I, I got to admit, man, my awesome two co-hosts here came up with and. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be with slightly what five months left to go in the year, you know, uh, and kind of looking a little bit forward, you know, what is what is our wish list? What would you like to see happen with our game and our hobby over the next you know five months and beyond? And I think that's going to be a good topic to kind of you know talk about. We can kind of look at what's what we've got out of the new general's handbooks. We've been able to soak in that thing for here a little while, and um, and kind of go from there, fellas. What do you think, man? Good stuff, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I, I think I think that topic is something that, you know, could almost fit in any point to really talk about. You know, you always hear gamers, you know, talk about, boy, I, I wish, you know, I had this or wish you didn't have that. And right now, off the top of my head, I'm thinking to myself, I wish we didn't have those freaking Lumineth Tootsie Roll dice. Hey, barrel of monkeys. There. Barrel of monkeys. I said I it. just hope they're not made out of rubber like the squig dice. You know, and wh- you know what? Here's the thing. I wasn't going to Please do- don't jinx us like that. No, hold on. Seriously. You know, um, <laughs> I, I was I really wasn't going to do this, folks. I really wasn't going to go down this this road on kind of like the negativity and lamenting. But uh, you see, Justin and Chuck, you know, they did this. You know, they, they put me down this road. Well, we're going to kind of pull the show over here a little bit. And we're going to kind of have a conversation about the dice because – you know, these things remind me of Tootsie Rolls, and not even the good kind. I mean, Chuck, what were you saying before? They're not—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, 
they're, they're like the vanilla lemon Tootsie Rolls or something. Yeah, the ones that, you know, you're like, uh, that's okay. I'll just do the regular Tootsie Roll that's delicious. Yeah. yeah you, those are the ones on Halloween when you got them. You always gave them to your second cousin that was twice removed that you never really cared about in the first place. And you only, you, you're going to see them, you know, for another couple of years until Lisa's mother got yep. paroled. You know, one of those kinds of people. You always gave those Tootsie Rolls to that kind of person, you know. And I think yep. that's what these are. Honestly. So are we are we here saying that Lumineth Realm Lord players are kind of like your second cousin twice removed? If they buy Techless, I guess. <laughs> well, what? The, the, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, then that would that would mean that they're that they're um, that they're wealthy because we're going to get into that too. That's going to be in the oh, news. We're yeah. going to oh, talk oh. about boy, GW is living up to some of their old uh, their old ways, man. I mean, uh, you want to talk about a habit? I mean, heroin is cheaper than some of these prices that are coming out right now. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Definitely. It's, it's gonna... You know, I, I do like, now on the good side, I do like some of the models that they have released. I think the cavalry and the spearmen are like phenomenal, point on. Right. Uh, the great models, you know, but there's always like, you know, the, the 10 or 20% of models that they release that you're like, eh, do they rush that? Oh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I don't say they, I don't think they rushed it. It's, it's no. like we talked about before. I think it was like, uh, let's just get out what we can. And yeah. it, it's just, it's amazing. Have you guys seen, I don't know if this is one of the after effects, but I, 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 I mean, Lumineth came out a third of the army. We've talked about this before and I, I don't want to get into this. Right. Yet. Yeah. But right. um, do you, do you see, are people discouraged out there? I mean, I mean, Justin, you're, you're a great example. I'm throwing you under the bus on this one, man. I mean, you, you switched over. You're playing night haunt now. Well, yeah, I'm playing Night Hunt. I'm discouraged. From Lumineth. It's from Lumineth, yeah. I was going to go into them and stick with order, but some of these price tags I'm seeing, it's like, I can't swing it. I just, I can't. Yeah. It's, he's, don't get me wrong, great model, great yeah. attribute in game. Right. But the price tag, that's going to steer a lot of people away from Lumineth yeah. real quick. And, and you're not kidding. And we're going we're gonna to get into that here in a little bit uh, right, at, right after the news. But, Chuck, right, you know, we're going we're gonna to come right back with the, show, with the news here, folks. But, Chuck, one more yep. time on our way out, man. We, 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 got, we got to see that dragon and the birdie. Ka-ka! We'll be right back, man. <laughs> Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. All right, guys, we are back with the uh, with the news. We're going to get into this, so we got uh, we got quite a bit to go through uh, with the news, and, and I'm sure that um, you kind of heard us kind of lamenting and complaining here a little bit earlier about uh, about some of the prices. But we're not actually going to start with uh, with the prices of some of these models. We're actually going to get right into it with what we normally do, and that's the uh, that's the rumor engine. So here we go, uh, kind of kind of easy i think to kind of tell what that's going to be i mean i wonder what this is i mean it's a claw could be uh could be orc uh but the hand seems to be even uh uh the, the claw is more industrial than orky when i look at it i mean it kind of looks a little bit more human to me uh, could be necromunda stuff for the next uh, house book i mean fellas 
what the heck is this, man? What do we, I mean, we know it's 40K, I think, but what, what do we think it is? Well, it's definitely 40K. Yeah. I mean, the it, it's reminiscent of a lot of the orc-like power claw and the grabber claw that yes. they usually run. Right. But that hand, I don't know. That might be that might be humanoid and not, yeah, I'm thinking Necromunda maybe. Yeah. It didn't look like an orc hand. Chuck, what do you think, man? I think those knuckles are knobby enough to look like an orc. Uh but you know, is it maybe a orc Necromunda release? Possibly. Could be. But I think could be. Yeah, I think the claw is scratchy enough and big enough to be on an orc model. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, it was screaming 40K when I looked at it. So Yeah, I definitely agree it's 40K. Yeah. yeah. When I first looked at it, I mean, I thought you know, right off the bat, okay, it's Orc. But then after looking at it a little bit more, I said, okay, the Knuckles kind of look a little bit more like Ogryn or, you know, more human-ish oh. type of thing. So I'm thinking now, maybe... That, uh, that would be scary if that was an Ogryn hand with like a Predator-style claw on it. Good God. That would be huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. AP3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Armor piercing. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that, I mean, you know, it's probably like, I'm thinking they're going to try to maybe branch out. I think what they need to let people do with ninth edition 40 K. I think they, I think they let, they need to let people soak in it is what I'm trying to say. They need to get those games in, yeah. especially now with the pandemic, you're not going to see a lot of tournaments, you know, and all those. Kind of, so I would be, I would be shocked if this was another thing to add into to, to ninth edition. Um, I would think that this would be something for Necromunda or, or, or something like that. Uh, would yeah, be, would be I, think, I think a lot of the 40K community is still trying to find its foothold, especially with sure. them throwing the CP system in there for how you combine your armies, build your lists, the whole nine yards. So right. it, it's got a fairly hefty build system to it just before you even play the game. Right. Right. That's very true. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Anything to say on this one? We're ready to keep moving on. Cause now we're going to get into techless and lumen of prices. Move on. All right. Let's keep rolling here, man. So we got, uh, we got this. I mean, I, you know, I, we probably should have started with this, but you know, Hey, um, you know, the prices for lumen of pre-orders are coming out uh, for the pre-orders that are going to be coming out this coming Saturday. And I, I'm going to start off with the big one. Techless fellas he's at 170 bucks us yeah um and at this point yeah i gotta tell you so it's 170 right and then add in about a 10 percent local tax for sales tax yeah so it's not 170 it's about 185 that's that's a great point chuck yeah unless you can order through some distributor that does give you 20 to 30 percent off yeah then you might be looking at like 150 yeah and you know and if you're anywhere if you're anywhere close to chicago or in the city we know some people that you know generally find stuff that fall off the back of trucks it's a pretty good price too you know you'll see that that, you'll see this come up on ebay at 157 after resale market you know facebook places like that it'll it'll pop up there for 150 157 you want to know more in there go ahead i say i I think we're going to see some people who buy the model and they tear off techless or the mount and then they resell the models individually on eBay uh, for still pretty crazy, but maybe they use the old techless model and mount it on the back of the beast or something to that effect. You I think we're going to see conventions with techless. You just gave me a thought here, Chuck. I mean, here's what I would say to, then, then, then to kind of piggyback off of, off of Chuck's brilliance here, man. So here's what, here's what I would say. At this point, I would recommend using the old techless model. You know, if you have the old one, say, from 7th edition or 8th edition with an, uh, mm-hmm. a, a Necrosphinx, 
you know, if you're lucky enough to have them in your Warhammer collection for both of them and just, and just proxy yeah. it that way. Um, uh, because I got 170 bucks for this thing. He's got the wing going up his butt. I don't know what the hell is going on with that model. It, it just, it looks terrible. So I, I saw like alternative poses with that model. Really? It's the Cape or like the back of the, of his Cape that actually connects to like the bridge of the wing. So it, it's not it's, like he's sitting on the, the beast. He's like levitating above the wing. So it, you can okay. definitely remove it. Um, and then somehow mount him on to the, the beast. I think that would be a better pose, so he's riding the beast oh. as opposed to leading. It, it almost looks like the same kind of pin system that they used for Lady O, where her oh. handmaidens are tagged onto yeah. her cloak. Yes. And if it's that kind of system, then it's an easy patch job with some green stuff and cleaning, and then you can mount him to the base or someplace else. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I still don't care for the model. There's a thousand other things that they could have done with that thing. They could have had him standing next to it, riding on it. They could have had a lot of other things happen with that. And then, you know, to add insult to injury, 170 bucks. i got to be honest with you. I'm picturing a lot of proxies. But, you know, I'm going to go back to one thing that we said a while ago on the show. You know, all of these centerpiece models, especially the elven ones, Marathi, Alariel, uh, you know, heck, even a lot of times the uh, the the Ideneth Deepkin, the, the 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 general or the or the king, uh, their name is failing yeah. me right now. Um, you don't see a lot of them on the table, especially Alariel and Marathi. You know, you, no, I, I can't remember the last time that I, I played against a daughter's a cane player uh, or you know a, a Sylvaneth player and ever saw either one of them on the table. So I'm I'm picturing that this is not this is going to be more of like a golden demon thing. You know that someone will 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 compete that way, but I don't really think you're going to see Teclas on the table very much. I, I really don't. The only time I saw the larger models uh, in play was probably in the first six months of the release. But I think um, the meta for those books then gravitates towards uh, multiple heroes and uh, spamming buffs, and okay. right. the yeah. larger models don't always necessarily. Uh, gravitate towards that. Yeah. Does that make... No, yeah. I, I think that's a great point. And you know, something else that I noticed just in, in local games, you know, everybody got the idea of what to do with these big models. Instead of being in awe of them, they said, oh, well, that's a big target. I can kill them. Just like we did with Nagash. Yeah. Nagash kind of taught everyone how to target those larger models. And I think from a, from a, from a, from a competitive standpoint, you know, you're just putting them out there saying, look, here, here's my big leg day model on a beetle shooter. And I think that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Well, you also don't see those big models hitting the tables as much as normally anyway because of how the hell do you transport the damn thing? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. There's there's I mean, the practical yeah. side yeah. of it. Without, without, and, pinning, without pinning it or something of that matter, transporting that thing is going to be a monstrosity. Magnets in a cake, cake pan. Okay. Also, a lot of people are taking advantage of the new Lookout Sir rule, so they want a smaller hero around a unit of the same size so it's a negative one to hit, right. which well, is just a common thing that you can achieve with a human-sized hero. Yeah. Well, and you know that thing is going to have the monstrous tag on it, so there's going to be a bunch of stuff that can yes. target him and just wipe him off the table. Right. Yeah, so for 170 bucks, folks, I don't know. I, I would I would I would look for a proxy. Like I said, I would, you know, I I would I would um Look for, like Chuck said, maybe somebody's going to be selling them in pieces. Or if you got the ne Necro Sphinx and, and maybe the older Teclas model or something, go with that. Uh, but moving on with some of the prices here, we've got, we know that the um, uh, Olarian Sentinels, if I'm saying that right, those, that box mm -hmm. is going to be $60. The Wardens okay. are also going to be 60 The um, uh, Skinari Cathalar are going to be 30 
uh, Altharion is going to be 40. And I really have a problem with that model because back in 8th edition, Altharion the Grim was my favorite high elf. Uh, now he's just more of nothing more than really a fart in a tin can, and mm -hmm. I don't quite get it. But that's, that's me, so you're going to pay 30 bucks for that. Um, and the Endless Spells are 35. So even those, to me, the Endless Spells are priced about right. I mean, that's pretty normal. Um, most of the units, yeah, I do. Yeah, most of the units sound like they're priced right where they are, where they should be. Though you, you think you think the Sentinels and the Wardens at sixty bucks are about right? Ten ten models for sixty bucks, six bucks a piece for the size of the models, the armament. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, I mean, it, 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 to yeah. me, it looks like GW has uh, you know that that price hike thing has arrived again, uh, and I, I I think it's here to stay. You know, the the entire Warcry set was the same price as Teclas. Let's just put that in, in, in a frame of mind here. And, you know, $40 uh, for, like I said, for Altharian is, I think, a little steep. Um, but again, I, I think it's the old adage of, and, I, and I, I think we talked about this a show or two ago, guys, when I think they're taking that old, that old Gary Gygax theory with Dungeons & Dragons, and they're saying, hey, this model can do a lot on the, in the game, so let's price him a little bit more. It's no longer about the tying weight of plastic or, you know, whatever it is for the manufacturing costs. It's, it's what, what is that gamer X or gamer Y going to be able to do with this particular model, and you're going to pay for that. Uh, that's just that, that's my okay. hypothesis here, gang. I don't have anything official on that, but you know what? Hey, it happened once already in a game very similar to to our tabletop game so why not you know well right but you're still only seeing half the heroes in this this release coming you got the cat caller and you got eltherian which anybody who mm -hmm. bought the Lumina starter army had got that and if they bought them yeah. in multiples they have multiples of them you know yeah 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 so and, and you know and i don't want to sound like an old old curmudgeon here but you know i remember the days when the start collecting boxes were 70 or 75 bucks you know i mean and, and that wasn't that long ago and no. so I remember, you know, all that. So, so congrats to G GW for I, I'm, what I'm afraid of. Um, if, if this is going to be the incremental, you know, staging of these of the prices, because like I said, Teclas is as much as the entire Warcry start get started box with the terrain and the two units. Um, you know, it's almost as much as the starter box for the Lumineth was. Well, and that's 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 where I'm kind of at. I mean, I don't. Um, again, I'm, I'm not. It, it, hey, look, it's their business model, and you know something, gamers are going to pay it. We we know that, and so does GW. But um, well, I I think what they try and do with this, and I and I know we talked about it before. There's a a limited run on the larger models, and for those people who are dedicated to high elves back in sixth, seventh, and eighth, um, or even if you're an a elf fanatic yeah you're probably gonna buy the new techless model let's just be honest sure, um, sure. and so let's say they print out two thousand of those copies right uh and, and their goal is to sell them at at that level because their research shows that the gamers who are fanatics about elves are gonna pay that cost right the gamer who doesn't play elves such as ourselves besides justin um, we'll probably look at the cost and be like, you know what? The Warcry box set or Necromunda for 200 bucks is probably something I'm going to use more than a single monstrous model. True. So to some degree, it's priced out of the category of some of the gamers, but I think they're targeting a certain market of players and they're going to run that model for six months to a year or do a limited production of it to see how far it'll go. Right. 
Right. The only thing I would be worried about with letting that price point slide is yeah. the Sons of Behemoth. Because at that point, you automatically run into, is that mega gargantuan got to be 180 bucks? Well, that's a good point. But I, I think I think to kind of to kind of meet what you said, Justin, and, and the, the, the comments that, that Chuck just made, to kind of meet it in the middle, and then, then tie back what I said when we first started talking about the pricing was, I have a feeling that like Alariel, I mean, like, and, and she's a great example, Alariel on, on the big, big dung beetle. Uh, I see Teclis being more of an artist's piece than a gamer's uh, unit, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I will see, I think we'll see Teclis more and more on a, you know, big Arco Deco type of a base and uh, for Golden Demon. And you'll see him in the first few pages of a white dwarf and all that kind of stuff. I, but I don't see him actually being, I, so I, I think, I think Joe and Jane Gamer are probably not going to have that model, but I think, you know, uh, a, a, an artist, you know, a, a awesome painter, which is a, everyone but me will have that model for a completely different reason. Oh, I totally agree with you there. I, I definitely see that as being, you know, the popularity of the model. Right. I'm just saying I don't like the idea of, you know, hey, here's a big, the big badass of this army that's the cool model, the cool model, and then watching, hey, that just affected this army that now has the same size model. Sure. And it's the entire bread and butter of the army. You, you know what I mean? Right. Because if, if the Mega Gargans hit and they're 180 bucks a piece. You basically just shot that army in the leg. Well, and, and yeah, and that's that's kind of what we're saying here, right? I mean, we're talking about the price hike, so yeah. Right. Right. All right. Well, uh, Chuck, anything to add to this thing before we move on? I hope to God the new Gargans are not 180. I hope they're like 170, yeah. like Teclas, so that I can afford two. Yes, and and <laughs> that you know what I, I yeah <sighs> I totally I totally agree with you, but you know so let's, let's kind of okay. Go ahead. I was, I'm going to say the only reason I'm going to go on that tangent is because we already know the point cost. And if we associate a point cost with a price cost, we can say that if, if Teclas is 600 points and he's $170, okay. then right. uh, Giants at 490 to 500 points should be at least the same amount, but a little bit cheaper. So maybe they're 160 or 150. Yeah, I, I think I think we kind of, that was kind of our prediction was going to be between uh, 160 yes. and 170 when we started talking about them before. Yeah, I mean, if they come in at the one the same flagship price as the the dragons for Stormcast Eternals of 157.75, yes, then you'll see them sell because people will build. Yeah, you exactly. Okay, you'll, you so have to get three me, if they're if they're 150. I'm buying three. Hopefully, okay, right. If they're 180, you're only gonna buy two, maybe right. one. Two. Yeah. Right. And I just wonder if 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 we're looking at this a little negatively. Uh, well, obviously, but here's what I mean. Like we have Teclas, right? And we're gonna talk about this because I, I think as part of the news, we really kind of should should just kind of segue here for a moment and talk about Teclas's model as far as some of the debate that it's had. I mean, I started out talking about him by having a a wing up his butt. I mean, there's been a lot of negativity about this model, and but for 170 bucks. I think people would overlook whatever they didn't like, at least from a projective standpoint, and say, you know what, I like that giant. I'm going to buy that giant. Giants are cool. And they could rationalize a giant at 170, I think, a little bit better in their minds than a floating elf with a sphinx putting a wing up its butt. So I've said this before, that when you start talking about models that can be used universally between game systems, gamers are more apt to purchase them. 
So right. when you have a giant that's the size of a Titan for D&D or Pathfinder, people will be more apt to pay a premium for that model because it looks cool. And hey, I can use it in my other game systems. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, nope, especially when they're, yeah, when they've got Warcry starter sets that come out with like 13 pieces of terrain, and I can use that for my dungeon system. Right. In addition to Age of Sigmar, I would be more apt to paint and assemble that and pay that $150 price for a campaign box set for Warcry because I can use the models in a couple armies and I've got a dozen pieces of terrain to use with my other dungeon tiles like in print or uh, use that I've had for the last five or ten years. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of stick with Teclas here for a second then because I, okay, I do sorry. kind of want to say, no, 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 that, that, Chuck, not at all, man. But the, the Teclas, this version, let's call them Teclas 2020. Let's just let's just call them this. For, you know, this form of this model has sparked a lot of debate. I mean, we, we've talked about it. You, you can go on any board. You can see people talking about it. And it's really a love-hate thing. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, that Teclas model is okay. I've never heard that. Um, and I think the majority of people uh, having, say, reserve about Teclas himself are, are for the many of the same reasons that the three of us are talking about right now. And, and you know, if I were to say that I really like the pose, I would be a complete liar. But I think the, the, the beast, uh, what's his name, Selenar or whatever, I, 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 yeah. I think that pose is pretty cool. But I think they really flubbed it with, with just about everything else. And, um, you know, when I look at the model from, from somebody that's a pretty terrible painter like I am, you know, I couldn't hope to have this because I don't have the skills that, say, maybe you guys have or other people have where I could, if I wanted to use green stuff or something and, you know, change the hood a little bit because, or, or the, you know, or the pants for that matter, those big, you know, puffalump type pants, you know. So for me, it's it's a model that, that I, I don't even think I could remedy the out-of-the-box look. So that's kind of my two cents. I think that's going to also stave off a lot of people from um, having that model, I, I think. Because to me, uh, it would be a little too intimidating, A, to pay 170 bucks for and make it look worse than it already is after I paint it. So... I mean that that's kind of a this model in all honesty I like the model I think it's going to be one of my wish list up models but okay. it's probably going to be at the bottom of that wish list and it'll be well after I've already gotten the minotaur giant bull mountain cows the hammers the, the bowmen everything else I need to build the army and yeah. then maybe put that piece in cuz 170 bucks that's that's three main units I can use in my army yeah yeah, that's you know, true. That's, 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 that's Bose. That's... Here's another question to kind of follow up with Teclas. What do we think the purchase price or the price will be of the cow? 160 See, Yeah, I'm leaning at the 157 I think because you're going to get one really? box. Well, I, think, I think one box of a cow would offer you two different builds plus all the bits. I think, yeah. I think yeah. 160 It's the same. It's the same model. The difference is the weapons and a little bit of the pose of the head, mm-hmm. and that determines if it's the special character or if it's the baseline. Right. So it's going to be one box. And, and I seem That's to expensive, see... expensive, isn't it? Look well, at your dragon. Look at the dragons for yeah, Stormcast. Yeah. yeah, 157. Yeah, Wait. No, you're right. Yeah. Wait a minute, Chuck. you got to do the dragon now. He said the dragon. Caca! Thank you. There you go. <laughs> 
That we're gonna be, I mean, we're gonna keep doing that. No, okay. Um, <laughs> that Stormcast Dragon last year was one hundred and forty dollars. They bumped it like seventeen bucks in this last price hike to one fifty seven. So like Eleven to twelve percent. Yeah. 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 So three of those on the field, you got four hundred and fifty bucks right there in three of those. I mean, if the mountain cow is not the same cost effectiveness, again, you run into that wall. How many are you gonna run? One, two, or none? You know? Yeah, one or two basically. But, right. but I also think a lot of people are gonna be taking proxies of like Gorgons and and you know, fixing them up and making oh. them look I mean uh, Possibly. So, you know, if you buy a cow and you use the weapon and head and armor on a giant, let's say. I don't care. I know what it is. I know what you're proxying right. it yeah, does. Yeah, I, I think so, I think you're going to see that too. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of Lumineth players will probably buy one. But to say all Lumineth players will buy Techless... Not so much. Know. Right. Yeah, just like you said, Justin, it's like not as much. Yeah, you know what? Um, and again, you know, I, I think we can start throwing the opinions all over as far as what we're going to see. I'm not really... I, I'm happier with the big, goofy cows for the Lumineth than I am for 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 techless but um let's move on to something that 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 you guys started i just want to tell everybody here uh you know before the show even started i i was very calm i was very calm i was ready for a nice placid evening with everybody and we were going to have a nice conversation but uh you see justin and chuck they just can't they can't stop stoking the fire man they can't all right where's my bottle of vodka jesus what are you talking about and 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 i just want to just put this up here i mean this is uh you know the dice the freaking oh, dice okay. you know somebody please explain to me why the lumineth dice look like tootsie rolls i i i, I mean why? what what's wrong with the dice released in the lumineth launch set can somebody they were nice yellow dice they didn't they they weren't they weren't tootsie roll looking things i mean look you hopefully 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 these things are going to be largely collectibles anyway. Guys, help me out. I mean, or, or do you guys really think folks are, are going to actually be playing these freaking dice? Please. So I think the reason they went with this stylistic of dice is because of the cath collar and the lore base they're going with. And it's a casting of the bones is how they're looking at it. <sighs> All right. I would rather okay. I'd rather have them have dried up buffalo wing bones from buffalo wild wings in a in a box and you could just throw like rotten bones on the table and just call it whatever you want i would prefer i would have preferred if they were the, the color of aether quartz like a pink or even the yellow color that came with the starter set keep the shape i don't care they can look like a crystal or whatever you want to form them as because hell the whole army's based around aether quartz Bone dice? Come on. Yeah, you know what? They're, so, okay. All right, hold on. I think what they were trying to do with this is they were trying to get some type of uh, artistic drawing on the dice, and that's where the swirly thing on the top and bottom came right. in, mm -hmm. and they couldn't fit it on a regular D6. That's my thought. Well... They had to, like, stretch the dice out in order to fit in the artistic curl that they're because the curl looks like horns. You know what I mean? Uh, like if you, yeah. If you okay. I'm with you. I'm with you, Chuck. Okay. I'm, I'm following you, man. I'm with you. And I still hate it. I'm just saying, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll see them. You'll see people buy them. The people add them to their collections. Cause you know, diehard Lumineth will buy 
anything that Lumineth throws out there. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And there's a bunch of diehard Lumineth on the out there on all the channels and everything else. Look, they I, are I, there. I get it. You know what? And 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 I okay, fine, 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 fine. They're 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 perfectly designed to make you feel like you're some ancient soothsayer tossing bones in a dish. Whatever. There you, there you go. Great. <laughs> You know, but but I, but now see now see I'm not going to end it here. I'm not going to end it here because um, I'm not I'm not happy about this. So I'm let let's take a walk down memory lane at really lousy dice ideas that you know what? Unlike the whole concept, because we've heard this before, guys. Remember, I'm an old guy. Look, gray hair. I'm an old guy. I've been I've been throwing dice for a long time, and I've heard this before. And you know what? The first time I heard this, here goes. I'm going to show you guys this. Remember 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 these dice right here? Yeah. You know what? I did it. I'm showing them right now. I mean, the history of bad dice produced by GW to start with. Let's take a look at the Skaven dice. So green that oh. it symbolized that nobody could ever read them. And, oh, these were only supposed to be a limited run. They were going to be the end times thing. You know what? I still see these freaking things on the table. That's why these, oh. these vanilla lemon Tootsie Rolls are going to be all over the table for years to come. And it's just going to drive me crazy every single game. Uh, you see those on the table all the time because your son has three boxes of them. No, let's <laughs> let's not drown the in details here, Justin. All right, come on. And that, you know, that's why he's commensurately always grounded. But you know, I it, it just but <laughs> you bastard, you're not supposed to lift oh. the curtain up like that. No, but so okay. if if you're gonna put those end times dice out there and perpetuate this narrative, uh, first of all. Um, you're not only old because of your hair, but because of the plaid shirt you have on, dude. Uh, this, look at this. Hey, wait, wait. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay. I, got, I got a piece of paper in my top pocket. Wait. Okay. Look at that. Second of all, you got to remember the dice that GW put out when the skulls were the symbol for ones instead of sixes that everybody complained about as well. I, I got that. I got that. Yeah. I'm with and then you. nobody wanted to purchase those dice because. Typically, what dice companies would do, even like Chessex, would put the symbol on the six. So then people, for the longest time, were looking at D6s rolling. Oh, that's a six. No, it's a one. Oh, well, which dice set do you have? It's like, oh, well, I got this GW one. And you're like, oh, yeah, they kind of print symbol on the wrong side. Um, yeah. And yeah. Plus, remember, uh, the squig dice that were produced for the Gloom Spite book weren't even made out of plastic. Okay, it was made here, out you want you want to go to the squig dice? There's the squig dice right there. there See, there. we can keep I, this going. I know, I know. And then I, there was a video of somebody who put the squig dice out, and when they rolled them, they're like throwing them at the table, and then they bounce everywhere and like no, hit the I, I like the guy. I like the guy that used the squig dice and just put them on th on 20, 25 millimeter bases and used them as squigs. Freaking oh brilliant. my god! And but no. here's the thing. The, the, here's the thing. Let me tell you about the squig dice. I mean, I'm you know because I'm not done yet here. I'm just getting warmed up. Oh but I mean, boy. The, 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 oh. these square rubber balls never stopped bouncing. And 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 when they did, if they weren't on the floor, you couldn't read the symbols anyways. You you yep. you needed like a, a judge and a promissory note to figure out if it was a six or a one. It was yeah. Let's it, count T. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and you know if that isn't bad enough. How about how about these ugly bastards? We got some ogre dice. Like first of all, the ogre dice that that the, I mean, you needed to take a Swiss loan out just to buy these freaking things. And and the size, I mean, honestly, people thought that these things were ogre endless spells when you put these things on the table. They were ridiculous. Oh. I yeah. mean, that and and you know and but nobody uses these things because it's like throwing you know bricks all over the table you hit your opponent's models you'd be smashing them all over the place so that's the other reason why i don't think you don't think you, you good thank god you don't see a lot of ogre dice 
all over the place. Well, I mean, you got dice going all the way back to, you know, seventh edition, sixth edition. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, hell, I think it was a seventh edition dice when they had the limited release skull and crossbone that were made of the hard plastic. Right. That were hollow. Right. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. But I mean, and this is what I mean about these just these series of dice. And it's always the same thing. They're going to be collectors. Yeah. They're not yep. going to be around that long. And, and like I said, we're, 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 we're now stuck with these ugly Tootsie Rolls. And it's the same narrative. And to be, to be quite honest with you, I, um, I just, I just know they're not going anywhere and, and that's fine, you know, but yeah. Eh, what, you know, as, as, as long as those things aren't super big and they're not model killers, I'll be fine with my opponent using them. Well, I, I, I'm not buying them. Then, then, first. Right, let, let's, let's, let's walk this, let's walk this a few couple of last thoughts down. And I promise I'm going to start calming down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go down a narrow path here and be, conscientious of everyone's thought okay because i I do that um here's what i want to see i want to see what the sons of behemoth gargan custom dice are going to be and i'm betting that that one giant is going to be like i i think the dice are going to be what maybe four inches on each side you know it could be that that, they they could just use one big die as their endless spell too probably going to be like nine inches squared exactly I mean, just so, maybe maybe, so, maybe gamers so will just throw refrigerator boxes all over the place. So you mean standardized casino dice? Okay, I got that. I can get yep. behind that. I mean, it, it's I, I don't know where I don't know where this is going to stop. But you want to know something? Now that I actually think about something here, and I want to kind of show I want to show you this because here's something that uh, that that I want to kind of you know put out there. As far as we're talking about dice, right, guys? Yeah. You know, there is good news. And, and I did happen to, to find what I like to call nobbler dice, you know, and, and, and like nobblers, pure gold is unique element that never tarnishes and it maintains its radiance and luster forever. Perfect dice for a perfect army. Nobblers. Help Look at that. Are, are you nuts? 24, 24 karat gold dice. Huh? See? Now that's dice right there. Wouldn't Noblars have crappy dice because they use scrap? Folks, I really am sorry about Chuck tonight. He's uh, he's been he fell over and hit his head, and then he started. <laughs> he's he's back put drinking. a twenty-four carat dice up there drinking. for Noblars. And dude, you show up at a table. You show up at a table. Greatest. Full of those dice, you're getting jumped. Here's the thing. What greatest the hell? Dice for the greatest <laughs> army in the game. Nobblers, baby. So now that's a perfect. Now that right there is is okay. dice fitting Death of the armor. Board next. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but I'm just I'm just saying here, guys. No, you know what? I, honestly, I I I like the in, in all fairness in all fairness to the situation. I I like the um the concept of like the uh, the different type of dice. I mean, I I, I do got to tip my hat a little bit to to GW in a way, all, all joking and, and malarkey aside, uh, for them kind of, um, really, I've never seen dice like this before. And I, I think, uh, they, they kind of turned a corner and I think it's kind of cool. They did that, but, um, I mean, how, how are you going to do things in a practical sense, like cock dice or, you know, these things, you know, that I think it's going to be, uh, if they really are going to be anything other than just a, a novelty item, you know, um, I, I think they're going to be more of an annoyance because, like I said, you already had perfectly good yellow dice yeah. that came with the Lumineth starter get starting box. Uh, just use those, and, yeah. and 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 be done with it. You know. Yeah. 
So here's another thing. I think, you know, a, a heavy set player who is going to put in hundreds of dollars towards the Lumineth army, right. uh, by techless and everything, they're probably going to pick up a set of dice. Will they use one of those dice for a spell effect? Probably. But is it going to be okay to roll 20 of those dice have them cocked, not know, have your opponent not know what you roll. No. Uh, you know, so can you roll it for the one-off thing? Yes, that's fine. Yeah. Um, is it okay for a collector item? Yes. Yeah. Would I buy giant dice for the Sons of Behemoth box that comes out? Yes, probably. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. The only, the only thing I'd use those for is maybe is the Aether Quartz markers for the units. Okay, and that's probably what they're going to be used for, Justin. And I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be an accompaniment to uh, the, the army, as far as like, 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 like you guys are saying, markers. But again, when I first saw yeah. them, uh, I was just kind of like, here we go again, the goofy dice, and it all started with those Skaven. I just want to, you know, throw that out there. Well, yeah, you got to look at what GW is doing for the Horus Heresy as well. I mean, if you look at the community page, they just released nineteen sets of dice that are specific to each of the factions in the Horus Heresy. Okay. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing something so, about that. Yeah. So so they're they're going they're going full in with every faction getting some form of dice release mm -hmm. and it's not that's not a bad thing. No. I no, just wish I, I just thing. wish I wish that we saw it more for AOS and forty K than the the sub games that they, sure. they have out. Yeah. You know yeah, no, no, I, I, that, that's that's a great way to put it. Um, all right, well, uh, hey, do you guys want me to show that picture of the Nobbler dice again? No. Okay, well, I just I thought I'd ask. All right, guys, we're going to be thank, right back. Thank you, Bo. Yeah, we're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking about our wish list for, uh, for Age of Sigmar uh, going through the rest of the year and uh, the, the immediate future. We'll be right back. Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forest, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. 
All right, we are back here, gang, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be getting into um, your wish list for Age of Sigmar moving up. So, uh, you know what? We're going to just kind of do a round robin here, man. This is going to be kind of a, a a wish list conversation. It was kind of a good brainstorm piece, and we're going to start with Chuck because he's over there waving his hand, and he's going to put his dragon and do the caw caw thing again if we don't get him going and have him have him talk about something. Caw caw! There he is. Ah! All right, so that was. Good way to react to the setup, man. That was good. All right, Chuck, okay. you you lead us off, man. What is what's what's your what's what's your first of possibly many wish lists you'd like to see for uh, for this hobby of ours? So before the end of the new year for Age of Sigmar, I would like to see a number one, a Sons of Behemot book. Oh, now that I like. Okay. Can I do number two? Sure, you. But but you. Okay. But why don't you talk about it? Don't actually do number two. We got probably have kids watching. Oh yeah. So. Uh, okay. Number two. Uh, I would like to see a uh, a combined box set for the Gargant from the book of Sons of Behemoth. Oh, uh, for, from uh, from uh, the 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 actual um, what is it? The the God Beast or whatever, right? That book. Yes. The King or whatever. Yes. Well, what the heck was his name? All of a sudden, I'm like total brain fart. Uh, I don't know. That's awesome, though. Okay. I like those. All so, right. And then and then my number three is a. I would just like to see some type of general campaign box set release for Age of Sigmar. So you're talking about okay. Let, let me let me let me kind of go backwards on on your on your three your three point wish list here. I really like the idea of the campaigns. You want to go back to what they had like in sixth, seventh, and edition, uh, eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles with, you know, you know the uh, the Hanging Tree campaign and you know uh, the, the the Nemesis Crown and all those different campaigns that they had where it would go from either three to six or nine months. Yes, I, I mean, even I'm even going to the extreme of like a general's compendium campaign set, where they've got a book, we've got like a limited edition model run, and it's something that you can pick up, and it changes the game a little bit, uh, gives you a little bit of variation in scenarios, or even, uh, let's say, realm uh, artifacts that we can get back into, as opposed to just having the one. Okay. Um, I sort of like having a little bit more variation to the game as opposed to condensing more materials into the general's handbook for 2020. Sure. I like having, you know, half a dozen different uh, items that are good in a realm book with some features along with, let's say, uh, different uh, abilities that your general can have or spells that your spells can uh, casters can cast. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at, and I think I think what was so great about those campaigns back in the day was the the GW stores, the independent stores, all got involved, and I really think that that's what spawned so many of these you know scoring platforms, these electronic scoring platforms that you see out there today. You know, a la you know West Coast or Best Coast pairings and Frontline Best Gaming, pairings, all yep. these different you know uh, uh, you know compendiums, I guess, to keep score because these stores would keep score. They would upload them into their own computers, and you would see these things in different. Back then, when the when the White Dwarf was uh, weekly, I believe, uh, you would you would see those scores. And I remember Dark Elves won the Nemesis Crown, if I if I seem to recall that correctly. Uh, there was yeah, that there was correct. my favorite one was the the Albion, the Mists of Albion. 
Uh, that, yes. I believe that was seventh edition. Maybe the Dark Elves won that one. I don't know. Somebody please correct me down in the in the comments of the show if if, if you know that. But um, but that's I I really really like the idea of getting back to some type of campaign scenario where you know you can have order and destruction and death and and uh, chaos all all fighting and kind of seeing where it shakes out because they also if my memory serves me right chuck didn't they also use that information to continue out the storyline and the books it, yes. and all that kind of stuff it, it drove the storylines it drove the storyline yes yeah. so they had you report um for internationally they had a website that you could report your campaign results to, sure. which then drove the narrative for future releases. To, right. Supposedly, right. I mean that, that's what they did. They they also used that information as a garnishment and kind of like the to the general's handbook 2020 and things of that matter, is how they did point changes and how units got rule changes, things of that matter. Because if they were getting stomped in the teeth in these international campaigns. They yeah. figured they had to do something to make the armies a little more bearable. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't help the beastmen out at all. Well, of course not. Not one. Nobody bit. played. Nobody was playing them. That's why. Hey, bastard. Um, no, you know. But so let's go back now um, to the uh, to the giants. So you're talking about. You know, are, are you saying too? Like, what, what was the king's name? That's going to drive me crazy now. I've, right over here on my shelf, I have I have the book, and I'm I'm not going to walk over and go grab it. But uh, anyway, I should have. That up, I don't remember the the king's name, so but would I, you like to see I a model come the, out? I just want the models and the book released. It's been so much so delayed because of COVID nineteen, yeah, uh, and issues with production. I'm assuming, and we've been teased with models, teased with prices in the general's handbook, and uh, I just believe there are a solid group of thousands of gamers who wanted to get their hands on at least one model minimum. Right. Um, and I even heard rumors that uh, the new Gargans that get released are going to be uh, usable in any battle tome. Yes. Like yeah. a four higher unit. Yep. Yep. So, and, and, and could you mention the conversion ideas? But yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's also conversion ideas because you're going to get extra weapon sets and arms and, and heads and things like that in, in your box set. But this is something that, like, a chaos player can use, an order or death player. player. Could you imagine zombie giants walking around in the death uh, armies? Th there's going to be countless conversions with this. Yeah. I, and I think that's part of the hype, is that, and I, I also think that's why they ended, like, the 2019 um, allies that they released then is so that they could prepare 2020 with the giant release and allying them in the new GHB 2020. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I, you know what? I, I love it. Um, I love it. I mean, I, I would really like to see the the giants also kind of morph into their own books because if you remember, that was yeah. the other thing too that they kind of used as um, I, I don't want to I don't know how to put it, but there was always you had the main story arc, right? There was in all the battle tomes, and you had the main story arc that was being put out in say the you know different articles in the White Dwarf back in the day. But it was it was a lot of the Black Library books, especially like um, some of the ones I have up here, like like the the Time of Legends series, if you remember that, where it was the War of the Beards and you know the the Bane of Dragonback and all these different books that talked about what was happening um, in the fantasy world with these different races. That I think, um, if you brought out the, if if they got back into the books again, um, and okay. as heavy as they were back in the days, what I mean, because I I don't think they've ever gotten away from that. Say on the 40k side, Black Library is still huge with that on the 40k side, but they have you know lightened their presence on the fantasy side. 
So they did a pre-release, or at least there was an announcement that October 10th, there is a book release for that Behemoth book, Sons of Behemoth. Right. Uh, I do remember. Yeah. yeah. So we, we do have that prepped, which I am hoping that they pre-release the book on October 10th, and then by at least the first or second week of November, boom, you've got your pre-order for the models, the new book that comes out, the Battle Tome, mm -hmm. and then they do some type of... Uh, giant uh box set unit that it's you know three giants in one box set you can get that for like 150 180 because that should be the core unit or the battle line unit in the new book right yeah i so, think so so what you're saying is and justin i, I, I didn't mean to cut you off man give me one second no, no, you're, so you're good you're, you're saying that, you're, that your wish list chuck isn't so much of the actual book itself but because we know that that's coming out, but you actually want to yeah. see, uh, you know, the, the maybe a backstory to the king, to the giant king, to yes. uh, different things, and, and actually a new model. That's your actual wish list. And and I got to tell you, I think, um, I think what really excites me about your wish list is definitely the idea that there could, you know, of a of a possible campaign you know, or, or more that could be coming out. I, I love those. I played the hell out of those. But Justin, I, I, I interrupted you, bud. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I have two things to add to Chuck's thing is, uh, one, there was a Facebook post that came up. But we, we get that Gazette page that pops up every so often from Warhammer. Mm -hmm. And in that was mentioned the Sons of Behemoth and their primary role in the world. And it's hire a mercenary. So I have a feeling yeah. that everything in the Behemoth's keyword is going to have Merc under it. Well, and, and I think that's that's oh, yeah. yeah, like a new keyword. Well, because when this yeah, we we know that that's going to be I don't want to say we know, but we have a very strong suspicion uh, that that's going to be the case because when when giants were first released and they had their big uh, Saturday you know release because you know I think it was Nova that didn't happen where the release could right. happen. Yeah, uh, they talked about how they could be taken in any army as mercenaries right. and it didn't even though yep. they were they were going to be the destruction keyword under their own army by themselves they could be taken in a, a chaos army and they would gain that right. keyword and, and so on and so forth i think the only right. thing to add to what you guys are saying specifically chuck you with your with your gargants is i would like to see a different type of battle line giant than than the uncle lester giant that we have now i think the the you know the the goofy you know uh, giant that we have now i think um that's fine but I, I, a lot of people aren't a big fan of it and i don't know if it's if, if it was the fall down rule or some of the other things they had in the war scroll that made people not take them and then of course the aesthetics of it you know just kind of helped their distaste for them but i was i if i could add to your wish list i would say that i'd like to see a different giant for battle line or maybe some like half giants or something for screening units oh, or yeah. something like that Yes. Oh, and I and I have your uh, your king's name. It's King Broad, by the way. Okay, King Broad. Just that's right. King Broad. That's what it is. Yep, yep. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, I, I would love to see. Um, I would love to see something like that. But let's let's kind of go back here. So you're talking. I, I, and and before we 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 cut out for break, come back with Justin on when, what he was saying. Um, let's let's really kind of dive in a little bit more, Chuck, on your idea behind you know, getting, getting campaigns going. Now, are you saying almost like what they did in the past where they would have one campaign a year or, or do you want to say what they, what they did towards the end of, you know, uh, seventh edition, getting into eighth edition where they had almost like the quarterly campaigns that were, you know, only a couple of months long. I'm, I'm talking about an, an international campaign where you can play at the local level or even with your, your friends 
that had a reporting mechanism through a website uh, that that drove sort of their narrative in the future, like three months or six months uh, pushing forward. I, right. I felt like people had an interest in that, not only like a financial vested interest because we're buying the product, but, you know, we felt like we were contributing something to the narrative moving forward. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and we were right. I mean, that was, that was the other great yes. part about it. That was the byproduct of, of the whole, of those, of those crazy Lustria campaign, that Lustria campaign. That was a, that was a great one, you know, and there were so many of them that, I mean, here it is that game or that version of that game, at least for now, for the next couple of years is completely dead. Yep. But here we are still talking about it through those campaigns. I mean, Justin, you remember those things, right? Oh yeah. I played in, I played in numbers of them. My both 40 K and AOS side. Yeah. I think the last one I played in for 40 K was uh siege of Terra. And that was, that was a six month long international campaign that determined the, the fate of the space Marines. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't um uh I don't remember that one because like I said I was I was primarily just a fantasy player but yeah I mean you look back at all those great campaigns you know uh, the Lustria campaign Albion uh the, the Nemesis Crown the uh the Hanging Tree right. you know all those are um uh, to me I mean I'd be interested to see if if Age of Sigmar where it's at now only at, in 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 a 5 year state you know could they replicate those campaigns but that that is that's definitely um, I, th I think the compilation of the of the of the giants, you know, uh, especially if they're going to expand on those books and, and maybe get more of like a series of books going. Right, Chuck? Yes, I, I would almost like to see. The I mean, we know of one. Yeah, I'd almost like to see the campaigns tied into the releases of new armies. Um, you know, like, yeah, you know, something yeah. something of that matter. Like here comes here comes the giants or, you know, something of that matter. Just. Just, you know, throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a good way, too. I mean, before, I think they did it just because of, uh, they followed the trail of, of the books, didn't they, or something like that? I mean, coming off of the, 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 didn't, wasn't it coming off the War of the Beards right before the release of the, um, the dwarf and goblin box set? I think it was Skull Pass. Uh, yep. Wasn't that the Hanging Tree campaign that came out, or something? Or am I wrong? One of the campaigns I, came out right about that time because the the Black Library book, the the um, the, the Doom of Dragonback, was was out or about that time, and something to that mm -hmm. some to that effect. I I'm probably yeah, not remembering it exactly right, but you're in the right time frame. I don't I just don't remember the order. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Um, but I I know that it was it was it was something close to that. But yeah, Chuck, those are those are some pretty great wish lists, man. Chuck, what, what, you got anything? Uh, what else, Chuck? Any anything else? No, those were those were my top three before the end of the year. Uh, the entire production cycle, I feel, has been just pushed out too far. I mean, because of what's been going on the last five to six months. Yeah. Uh, I feel like these models and books should have been released already, at least my top two right. uh, over the summer. So at least we have those models in hand. But um, because, you know, the current situation, we're looking at Lumineth Realm Lords being released this fall, you know, essentially, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, we're going to have to play those well again that, that's a whole nother topic that i think yeah. i think what you know i think i think they could have handled all of these releases uh sons of behemoth included uh, a little bit better than they did but you know i think they were they were, like all of us they were kind of a victim of the pandemic uh yep. but I, I also think they have to be a, a little bit more responsive in in because in, uh, you know, they went from being graded information to kind of 
kind of not. And I think a lot of people were, were there, was, there was a lot of speculation, and I think that's what had a lot of uh, – uh, aggravation, but you know, I kind of went off and took a left turn at Albuquerque on that one. But, but no, good stuff. All right, we're going to be right back with uh, with some of Justin's predictions, man, and then I might get a few in there myself. So we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. Hey, gang! I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, we are back, and we are going to get into the um, uh, more of the more of the predictions here. So uh, probably because you don't want to you don't want to see me fumbling through of what what my wish list is because it probably would include golden dice and demons and and, our, and, and noblers or something like that. Noblers. Uh, noblers, the greatest unit in the game. Uh, but uh, but Justin, what do we got, man? Let, let's let's hear some of your wish lists uh, heading into uh, Age of Sigmar for the next five months and then beyond. Well, my number one is flow of information from GW and getting back on track with their their cycles okay. in terms of uh, the just the information coming to the to the community, things of that matter, the production timeframes and the reintroductions back into that, so that we're not sitting here guessing for months. Okay. All right. Um, my second one would be that I would love to see a book or a battle tome come out that was specifically based around the updates or the additions of new battalions. Well, they kind of do that in the White Dwarf, right? Right, but I would like to see them actually put out a box, a book that says, okay, we're going to add two new battalions to every faction once a year that may, that are actually buildable, not just not just, oh, well, we're going to throw this battalion out there, but it's impossible to build. Okay. Right, like in a White Dwarf, right? Right. Yeah, you know, or or look, if you look at the Stormcast Eternal Battalions and go, uh, there's no way I could build these because the point cost doesn't allow it. Right. I'd like to see I'd like to see updated point cost battalions that are actually feasible. You know. Okay. All right. All right. So so I I uh, I like the idea. I, I you know I, I think I think that would that would basically diversify the game a lot. I mean, it'd be a lot for tos to kind of you know you know uh, stay on top of. But uh, I think that, I think if it was an official book, that might be a little bit a little bit easier than what they're doing in the White Dwarf, which you know uh, I think White Dwarf is doing a great a great job. But what, what was your what, other one again? The the actual production schedule and, for, and information to be 
become more prevalent again. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, you know what? That's a weird thing. And I, I got just, it, it, it is. And it's a, it's a big wish, but in the same sense with the community page and how active it is and the communities we have on Facebook, the communities we have on Twitter, you know, every source we have, 99% of it is speculation unless it's coming directly from GBW's mouth. And I would love to see them step into the forefront of all that and kind of lead the charge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always okay. had to go ahead, go ahead, Chuck. I, I was going to suggest. So my suggestion for games workshop from what Justin just said is that in the general's handbook, 2021, they devote a five to 15 page section for each major section, destruction, death, order, chaos, of the approved battalions and what units are included in each one. Okay. So that from the previous cycle year, from all the white dwarfs and camping box sets, we know what's legal and uh, what's going to be accepted in major GTs and what the new point costs are. So if they will phase something out, it's done. Okay. But if we can if it's going to be modified according to point costs, because just like Justin is alluding to, you know, different things have adjusted point costs. If they change a rule in a GHB, like let's say uh, your points for, uh, I'm trying to think the uh, command points, let's say command points drop to 40 points a piece as opposed to 50, or they jump from 50 to 60. Would that change the overall battalion costs uh, system wide, and if so, how would that change? You know, 150 point battalion cost would it go down? Would it go up? And so, we could see that reflective in one section of the book as opposed to thumbing through everything individually for each army. Okay, right, that's that's a great way to put it. Now, I, I have a yeah. I've always had a, a theory, you know, even back when GW uh wouldn't say you know shit if their mouth was full of it to the to the community, um, but uh, I always thought that because we're in it, we're in a niche hobby. And in and and it is a hobby, which is Latin for expensive. Um, I I always think that um, that because people generally spend their money on this if they're responsible, kind of as, as a disposable income basis. I think that they kind of withhold information because let's say if if they if you knew that say the Teclas was coming out or Gargans were coming out and they were going to be 180 bucks, but then you knew your new army of whatever was coming out right after them. You might, you might not buy those giants in lieu of your waiting for your new army to come out. But as a hobbyist and, and as generally most of us are a very compulsive buyer, uh, you're going to, you're going to buy the giant and your army. And I think that's why a lot of that, uh, you know, I think they want to go for that um, kind of like, kind of like surprise, you know, uh, that that's always been my theory of why they're very withheld on their information. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is the impulse buy. Yes. So people plan on saving 150 bucks to get the new giant or right. whatever the camping box set is. But then they throw out dice. They throw out this book. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I'm here. I may as well just get the book or dice, too. Right. It's only 30 bucks. And it's that, right. I think it's that impulse buy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even if they're ugly Tootsie Roll dice, they're going to buy them. Well, what I mean by what I, what I was also saying by flow of information and things of that matter is one of the things I've suggested to the Warhammer community and through the different uh, apps and, and functions, say Twitter, things of that matter, is say adding a QR code to a hardcover book when you buy it that you can plug into, say, Azure. 
and it updates your Azure and loads it into the system, gives you all the battalions. So you're not having to flip back into book constantly. You can just go right to your phone or your tablet. Yeah. You okay. know, something like something like that. Or even if you were to say, take the white dwarf battalions that just came out for the squig offs and the, the squigs and stuff. And you had a QR code tied to them as well. It's a one use QR code, you know, that adds those battalions to your Azure or to your war scroll or whatever you're building with. Mm -hmm. That gives you the functionality of information right. that you're not having to pay twice. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I agree with that. The, simple things like that, simple things to their website where, you know, once a rumor engine hits and it's discovered what that rumor engine belongs to, maybe, you know, a quit snippet onto the rumor engine and saying, hey, it belongs to this model because we just released the model. You know, that way you're not thumbing through a billion rumor engines and finding old pictures and going, where the hell was this thing? You know, yeah, yeah. So no, simple, yeah. simple. It's update information more than, hey, here's the surprise army that's being dropped at the end of the year. I like surprises. I like surprises with GW when it mm -hmm. comes to new army releases. And it's like, whoa, that's a, that's a surprise factor. I don't like it when I'm going back and looking at information that they've already told us. And I have to go to 20 different sources. And that's what I'm talking yeah. about, being more proactive with their information. Yeah. So, so you, you, want it, you want everything a little bit more centralized in, in say, uh, maybe a, a, an annual, almost like, um, or, or what, what, what happens if they were to do it in, say, the, the General's Handbook? If they could do it in the General's Handbook. I like Chuck's idea of having a section that's dedicated to battalions that they put out throughout the course of the year, the adjusted point values, because we already get the adjusted point values and in, in the point list, the, the, from the, the point GHBs, cost list, right. from the GHBs. So there's no reason they couldn't do, you know, they update the battle, to, they update the battle plans. So update the battalions and maybe even then you could throw an extra one in or two that, you know, that you just came up with or, something of that matter. There's plenty of space for sure. them to do that. Sure. And that could be the surprise in the GHB saying, Hey, by the way, there's a new battalion for every army out there by your GHB. Yeah. I, I do like that. Yeah. And, I, and I also yeah. think, um, you know what? I also think too, and, and again, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of, uh, just a little bit of a rag session here, just a little bit. Um, I think if you look at, if you look at the age of age of Sigmar, we're five years into it and the Stormcast have had four books already. Um, I think, I think that would also provoke GW to, again, I'm going back to the olden days here because I'm an old curmudgeon, I guess, uh, cause I've got the plaid shirt on like Chuck said. Um, wow. I think, uh, I think, um, but I, I liked, I liked back in the olden days when they got more mileage out of the battle tomes, when your battle tomes were, you know, four five years old before, yeah. or unless, unless of course you were a, a beast, a beastman player or a Bretonian player, then it was a, like 11 years. But, um, but I think, I think I like the fact that, cause that gave players an option to really get to know their armies. And I think, I think by taking your idea, Justin, of, of having maybe, uh, additional battalions, things that come out with the annual general's handbook, I think that would extend those books out a little bit because as a, as a, as a kind of a cusp side piece to what you said, Justin, I personally think that if you look at the Magadkin of Nurgle now, Mm -hmm. Just in some of the changes that have happened with the points drops, uh, different ar every army being regaled back into their own battle tomes after, of course, all the realm-specific artifacts have been, you know, ixnade. Um, six months ago, everybody said, "Oh man, those Magikin—they're not—they're—they're—they're they're, they're dying on the vine. That army is lousy." But with these simple sure. changes they've done, i.e., with the general's handbook, like you were saying, Justin, 
the army all of a sudden people are like oh my gosh that's a championship army all over again same book that book's going on two and a half almost three years old but here refresh it is the, you refresh the book with a very simple brush stroke yeah yeah, and I, I think your idea is a pretty darn good one as far as a wish list. I think that would work. I mean, and again, I, I know I was kind of uh, using, you know, 5,000-foot, you know, examples there, but you can kind of see how I think that would be a good thing uh, for, for the, also for players for the longevity of those of those armies that they're playing. Oh, right. You And, and the only time I ever truthfully should we should see a, a battle tome or a major book update is if they're adding – new unit, new model, new hero, something like that. That's about the only time we should truthfully see an update to the book, unless you're going to white dwarf them or something like that. Right. Right. But if you've got all your baseline troops in there, you got all your baseline heroes in there, you got everything that you need to play the army. The book should never change except through FAQ or simple tweaks. Right. Point wise, things like that, which is in the GHB. The book should only ever have a version two, version three, version four, whatever it happens to be. If you're completely adding an entire like and the Stormcast is a good example of it because they open up a whole new chamber and all of a sudden we get flooded with new units. Right. So, yes, they needed a new book. But that would be the only viable reason for updating or changing a book, not just a simple rule change that can well, be covered. I, but I also think else. too, I, th I think I think that would uh, shift the 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 frontal lobe mentality or the ideology of, of some of the some of the gamers and and some of the very true armies that very are out true. there. So I think that'd be a good thing. Um, well, good stuff, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into unless Chuck, you got something to, to piggyback off of what Justin just said. Uh, no, I completely agree with him, 100% wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, by the way, I don't think if if you guys remember, I said this on last week's show. Uh, Chuck is running for mayor. Uh, you can tell by that, you know, simple just genuflection of his wholehearted agreeance. Uh, and you know, just just want to let you know, look out for his uh, campaign, you know, little posters yeah. and everything. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and socially distance. Okay. And, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and and if you're at a golf course, remember to you know wash your own balls. You yes. Know. And, and and don't don't mess with anyone else's balls. No. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pick up on on the White Dwarf thing. Um, you know, White Dwarf has really been smashing it recently. They've been doing a great job, and for a long time, their delivery of the monthly magazine uh, was terrible. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, I cut my subscription off because I would I would try to get August's I would get August's uh, magazine in October. I don't know what the hell was going on, but it was it was really bad. Uh, but I think that they've worked that out since um, you know since all those fiascos have been happening. I think they're pretty good with it. I just get mine from my local uh, store, GameStorm Gaming, uh, Lamont, Illinois. Check them out; great place. Um, but I, I I think they have worked out those 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 uh, areas, especially coming off of the December 2019 issue before they went into the numbered issues. You know, starting with 450. Uh, because that's when I think you saw the white dwarf change. And part of my wish list is I want to see them expand on this and continue doing what they're doing with the white dwarf, because I think they've done some really awesome things. I think to start with the short stories are consistently getting more interesting and better written, uh, and, and engaging. I mean, if you look at, you know, look at the most recent squig one here in, in, in the 455, uh, version of, of this month's, uh, white dwarf, you know, that whole squig backstory with those battalions um, are fantastic. And I'm really happy to see them doing that again with the White Dwarf. And I want to see them continue on with that and expand on that because I think, uh, I think that is something that um, 
is, is, is a real opportunity for community understanding of the game community entertainment of the game because we're not always able to look we spend most of our time painting our armies talking about our armies and fantasizing about our armies and math hammering with our armies we second to that we get a chance to play them and Mm -hmm. so a lot of times if we have that little extra substance or sustenance if you want to look at it that way i think that's a good thing and i think the white dwarf's been doing that i'd like to see them expand on that i think the rules support that they've also been doing um, they've really kicked it up a notch. And I think it was the maybe 452 or 453, you know, just a few months ago that they really started uh, kind of helping people understand some of those innate rules. Uh, the battalions, you know, obviously the most recent with the squigs. I mean, that uh, the, the battalions that they released, those things are a hit. I've seen it on the boards. And not just the destruction boards, but people talking about how they, they, they're, they're saying stuff like, boy, my squig army is going to be great. We have a guy in our gaming group. Uh, Brandon, if you listen to this, man, I know you're cheesing all over that because uh, yep. they're actually people are actually saying, I'm going to get my squigs and start playing again. So just to see them doing this, my wish is to see them continue on because they're, they're, they're putting excitement into the community where maybe it was there before, maybe not. But what I do know is that a lot of squig players out there are pretty happy. And if you were to go backwards on that, take a look at what they did in some of the previous white dwarfs for the battalions for Slanesh or the battalions for night haunt. And, you know, and Justin, I'm going to piggyback on you here for a second, because speaking of the night haunt battalion, I think it was uh, the uh, 450-ish, somewhere around January release or February. It was the Hexwraith Battalion. It's actually one of the better ones. Um, yep. Maybe it was damn, December, damn but, don't, but don't quote me on that one. Um, it was sometime around one of the early ones, and the lore around the whole thing is pretty awesome, of which people are still... I, th- I think I think somebody that was playing Night Haunt at Armed Forces Day actually used that battalion, if I remember right. I had to go back and check the lists. But... Um, I've really enjoyed the the standalone board games as well that come out of the White Dwarfs. I know that we saw that, uh, I think, starting back in, in either in December or the January, you know, parentheses 451. I don't remember now, but I know it all started in December, that December issue. We got those standalone board games. Um, overall, like I was saying, I'd like to see the White Dwarf continue this type of content. I mean, among many things, the whole concept offers hope for, you know, a midterm boost, let's just put it that way, to struggling factions who who, who are always looking for ways to uh, garner their, their units or their armies in a better way to get that army to the, to the best version that it really can be. And I think they did that with the Squigs in the most recent 455. And folks, if you haven't checked that out in the White Dwarf, pick it up, read it. Uh, it it's a great one. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing. And for you destruction loyalists out there like me, it's a great way to uh, break up a potential underdog cycle that 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 you know could be coming down the 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 path there and i think they did that again i'm going to use the squigs as an example i mean guys what do you think are you with me on that one or is my wish list a little too definitely i mean we're looking we're looking at some pretty good stuff coming out of the white doors i'm i'm glad to see it in all honesty yeah um but you know i I mean chuck do you do you get into these battalions at all or some of the 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 rule stuff and they they explain i mean do you like the white dwarfs do you read them um, I used to get White Dwarfs quite often, had a subscription for about two years. Uh, but, you know, I, for a little while, probably around 7th and 8th edition, when they were going into the, the end times section, they ended up having more of a 40k focus, and I wasn't into my orcs at that time. I didn't really get into orcs until, like, middle of 8th edition okay. into ninth yeah so i sort of took a hiatus right um and at that time that's when the warhammer community boards 
switched over because they ended their forums on the original Games Workshop website. So once I started out the online section of that, uh, I just, you know, kind of fed through Twitter, a few of the Warhammer community boards that way. <clears throat> okay. All right. Good deal. So I, I, just, I like the fact that they're bringing focus back into sections of books that were being kind of snubbed, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. You, you know, where it's like now you got this, you got this big broad base of, hey, let's bring squigs into the forefront and give them a, a lore section, give them mm -hmm. a reason to be played, put some battalions with them, and right. put some excitement back into that faction. Yeah. And I like that White Dwarf is doing that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like they, they choose one army and they just run with it. And I hope they continue doing that. Again, like I said, I, I like the fact that I, I can I can get a little you know side game of Underworlds in, in, in a White Dwarf. I think that's pretty cool. But my second one, uh, since you guys had two, I'm taking two. Uh, Go for it. So my second one here is the Anvil of Apotheosis, a.k.a., as we say here in Grimdark Live, build a bear for nerds. I fell in love with this the minute it was a rumor. I really did. Uh, and I really like to see that uh, GW has kind of embraced this because you're seeing more and more static write-ups on this, not only from other content creators and, and, and people, but you also see it coming out of GW. And I would like to see GW incorporate this into future army builds in future General's Handbooks. Um, I, I'd like to see this mechanic stay. I, I think this would be a great thing. And, and I think there's there's a very solid foundation for it as we, as we have it right now. I mean, there's a lot of abilities uh, that we can already tell are very generic uh, and based off of, you know, commonly seen abilities. But that means it's not going to be too overpowered where they're going to keep the abuse level down on it. I mean, you're encouraged to fluff them up, you know, giving them unique names or using the attributes adjustments to make, uh, you know, the characters your own. And I love that. I love that they're doing that. It's very RPG-esque they're, that they're bringing into the game. And, and like I said, I think the framework already allows a somewhat balanced option for your characters. Um, so I think as long as they, they keep the abuse kind of on the down low, you know, don't make every freaking character a Nagash, um, I, I think we're going to be all right. But I, I think allowing us to create uh, our own characters, you know, either ones that maybe we've created in battle reports or soulbound campaign settings or fan fiction, if we wrote something, could be, you know, unique to those players. And I think that's going to enrich the community as well. And I think that's that's always a good thing. And I'd like to see the Anvil of Apotheosis, or <clears throat> better, better terminology for it, Build a Bear for Nerds Stay. That's my call right now, man. I would love to see that get incorporated into army builds, be, uh, battle tomes, generals' handbooks, all those kinds of things coming down the pike. Fellas, what do you think, man? Build a bear for nerds. Keep it. Oh yeah, definitely keep yeah, it. Yes, agree. I'm 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 a hundred percent behind you on that. I think it's easily expanded upon. You know, you you throw a few more generic base builds in there, some extra points in there, different types of just overall ability and. Right. There you go. I mean, you could turn that the whole thing into an RPG maker slash, you know, oh, yeah. chain maker if you really wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, just like you said, just don't abuse it. Keep the keep the point simple. Keep it stupid. You know that what's that adage? Kiss. The, keep the, the kiss it simple. Method. Keep it simple. Yeah. Stupid. So yeah. you you just don't don't put too much into it to where you get the rules bloat or the bog down, and it'll be golden for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chuck, you'd use it, right? Yeah, and what I was kind of thinking is, you know, whatever that book was where uh, it was 
the monsters versus monsters i believe it was either a like campaign release or a limited release hmm. where you could have different scenarios where like a hydra would attack a dragon or something like that that would be a good supplement or area to expand those uh customizable characters into where you could battle it out in a cage and the strongest monster left the building okay um, are you talking about I, them are you, you're not talking about monsters and mercenaries for warcry are you no 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 this was a an aos release that they had probably about a year or two ago oh all right but uh i think that in our general gameplay with gts and that that a lot of people are already thinking along your same line they want this included um they want to include it for fluff they want they like the idea and they can customize their monster they can build it um and it can be their general lead in their army yeah, I, I would love to see that. So let's, you know, let's, let's, since we're kind of battening down this topic, I do kind of want to wring out the old bar rag here and a couple more things. I mean, anything else that you guys can think of off the top of your head that maybe you'd like to see as a wish list beyond maybe the, 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 the two items that you guys have brought up? I mean, anything that, that would be an honorable mention wish list? Because in, in, in talking, I kind of came up with a couple myself. Um... Because I'll, I'll, okay, I'll throw it out there. Um, how about the one thing that banes us on every single freaking game, you know, and I'm kind of leering towards maybe some merchandise here. How about six inch objective markers? Uh, you know, I, I know that there's one manufacturer that, that I'm aware of. I can't remember the name right now, but I've seen their stuff. I've seen a lot of 40 K people in battle reports using them. I haven't seen them yet in, um, in age of Sigmar, but I know that there's, there's a manufacturer out there that already is making these things. Uh, but they're not yeah. very good in terms of quality or look. Uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of schlocky looking. But I think a six-inch objective marker would be good. And and I think what would be nice about that is the simple concept that, you know, uh, here's the place. You know, you place that six-inch radius, that disc, if you will. It's almost like the size of like an old CD, um, on the spot of the objective, and and that represents the the scoring zone. Any models that are within that area come yeah. towards capturing that objective. So I think that would be another thing that I'd like to see more readily available. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's gotta be easy for GW. I mean, for the, for he hell for, for years, they made blast templates. I mean, right. how, how hard could these things be for them to make? So that'd be a wish list I'd like to see, you know, in addition. Yeah, go, when you say that, one thing I wouldn't mind seeing is just maybe some different terrain packs being released that are, cause right now, like the terrain for GW, while it's great and everything that we have, their limited edition, limited press, I would love to see more just terrain boxes hit the table, mm -hmm. like a start collecting terrain box mm -hmm. yeah. or something like that. You know, 75 bucks and hey, here, you got a table's worth of terrain. And I know they have them for Warcry, but I'd like to see something that's more just for AOS base. You know, okay. like, okay, you get building, you get a rune building or you get something where like they do it for 40K, so why can't they do it for AOS? You know, they, well, have they, they do it for Warcry. I mean, look at all look at all right. the separate train pieces that come out for Warcry. Yeah. Right, but that's I'm I'm saying you can use that in AOS. There's nothing saying you can't. But I'm saying like if you look at the 40k line and you go into it, they oh, have no. an entire section just specifically to terrain. That I would like to see them do the same thing for AOS. It's an active, active portion of it that stays active and not like okay, we're gonna just gonna limit it, run it, and just and de, just get rid of it. You right. know. Right. Okay. All right, that's a good one. Chuck, anything anything honorable mention you can so, think of as far as a wish list? So I think if they, you had mentioned before, Justin, if they streamlined the releases into the GHB, yada, yada, yada. Well, I think if they could coordinate a release of Warcry 
that the terrain rules could then be applied to AOS, and then they streamline those new rules into the GHB. I think we're kind of coming into this uh, prelude of information that can be continued and extended with current releases that they have through the GHB. If we have more battalions in the GHB, that extends the life expectancy of the books that they currently have on the shelf. In addition, we can extend life expectancy of terrain packs or even war cry sets for the terrain that they have in those box sets. We just update the rules of the or whatever effects those new or currently released terrain packs would have in the new book. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like that. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, the, the last thing I can think of off the top of my head, and I'm just kind of uh, just kind of molding together everything that we've already talked about uh, so far tonight, is uh, as far as my honorable mention, my wish list, uh, please, GW, please, if you're, if, you're, if you're watching this crummy little show uh, and, and, and forget about all the stuff I said about Teclas, you know, with a wing up his butt, um, please keep your hands off the Ogre Maw Tribe's Might Makes Right ability. Please don't do this for the Giants. Don't do this for any other army. Yes, it's cool, and, and yes, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, but but can, can the Ogre players just please not have, you know, other big models count as X amount of other models capturing objectives creep? Can we, can we not get into that? Can we not do that? Leave it solely for them. Give them something because uh, I, I think b- before you know it, it'll be everywhere. Uh, and, and like the new Activation Wars, you know, I think it's going to be um, – Let's just put it this way. Maw Tribes, in my opinion, was a flawed book in many ways. And uh, so so how about we don't rip out the, the unique battle trait and, and fling it out like candy to other armies? That, that would be another wish list. Leave the, the, the Maw Tribes alone. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Keeping the, yeah. keeping the flavor of the army in the books instead of letting every army have it. Yeah, because I've been. I only reason I brought brought that up is is uh, I think it was the Sons of Behemoth page on on Facebook or one of these other boards. We're talking about isn't yeah. it be great if we get what the ogres have? And I thought no, that won't be great. That'd be terrible. I, I would like them to actually leave the the ogres alone and and, and at least allow them to have something because, uh, you, you know, they are they already have, they already have they already have uh, lead belchers who are better in close combat as a shooting army and their magic is already at a seven and they got they got. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but let them yeah, have there's, their thing. There's, there's several ways they can they can give the Giants the ability to hold an objective without having to stay. They're worth 30 points, or they're worth 30 wounds. You know, there's there's a bunch of ways they can do it. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just hope the might makes right stays with them. But the, but I, I think I think we're wrapping down that topic, fellas. Anything uh, anything anything in addition uh, for the wish list before we get on to the uh, the question of the day? Nope. Nope. All right. All right, folks, we will be uh, we'll be right back with the uh, the question of the day. Hey, gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. 
And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we are back, and we're going to be getting into, uh, well, I guess we're going to be getting into the, uh, the, the, the question of the day here on Grimdark Live. You guys, uh, you guys ready for it? All right, so so here it is, man. Here's the question of the day, and I'm going to throw that out there, and 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 it's going to be like you know, kind of kind of throwing that 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 you know the 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 food to the fish, man. Whoever can get to it first, man. I'll leave it up to you guys here. So here's the question of the day: Which has the greater lust for war, the armies of Corn with their blood for the blood god, or the Auric war clans with their big wah? Who wants to take that one first? Repeat your answer again, because I, I kind of sullied it. So repeat your answer again on on why why you think who's got the bigger lust for war. Okay, so I do believe that the larger, bigger, uh, girthier lust of war comes from the green tide, the big wog, uh, because it, it's a it's a lust for war that is mitigated together by the hardness. I'm sorry, the green. <laughs> Tide that bursts forth onto the opponent, uh, and so it, it's almost so basically like the orcs get pleasure and whatever out of beating their opponents. Like that's what sure. their job is. Sure. It's not just about appeasing the gods because you've got orc or mork and gork, right. and and of course they want to appease those gods. But right. this is almost like I'm gonna beat the face of somebody else better than the guy next to me sure uh and i'm gonna show him how how it's done right so, you so you're saying that it's because they're it's more orgasmic you know when <laughs> when they're fighting i just i just want to understand the... this. so while the orcs are in the battlefield beating you, you what you you think is that that what do you i'm just trying to justin what are you talking right. about i can't i can't <laughs> trying right. to nail it down so they're so they're in there nailing so while they're nailing, no, I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so, right. okay. My choice is the big wog. Okay, next. Okay, all right, all right. See, see, <laughs> uh, I, I had, I had to take it back to like the playground in fourth grade again. Sorry about that. All right, so Justin, same question back to you. So which, oh, which has the greater lust for war, the armies of corn with their blood for the blood god, or the Auric war clans with their big wog? Chuck's gonna kill me. I swear to God. After the show, folks, it might be it for me. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I do have to agree with Chuck I, for the big walk. What? And, and the logic <laughs> the logic behind my choice for who has the bigger lust for war is okay. the Orcs are the only army of the entire AOS slash Warhammer world that have literally gone to war with everyone, including oh. themselves. Well, can't you say that? Okay, but can't you say the same thing for corn? Corn fights oh, yeah. amongst themselves. They they care no. not where the blood comes from, right? They don't fight amongst themselves, and they don't might they don't fight most of the other chaos gods except for the chaos god they have a direct rival to rivalry to. Corn does not usually touch Nurgle or things like that that I've read. Okay, I mean I, I would yeah, think yeah, mortal enemies with Zinch, right? Correct. No, I thought it was Slanesh. Yeah. I thought Nurgle it, doesn't like Zeech and Corn Nur- and Slanesh. It's, Nurgle versus versus Zinch, it's Corn versus Slanesh. Oh, right. Slanesh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Because 
corn corn is all about blood and dismemberment and appeasing the war god where slanesh is lust and power and all that kind of thing and they're polar opposites to each other so yeah. those two are always fighting each other you have to look at corn you have to look at chaos as kind of like the northeast southwest and you got the crosstown fight you know, so you've only got one side that fights the other and one side that fights the other. But then when you get them, their kitty corners, they're like allied and they okay. never really ever touch each other. So Corn hasn't fought every army that's out there. They fought pretty much everything in the moral realms. They've fought everything when it comes to orcs and everything like that. But amongst themselves, not so much. Well, I, I don't see. I, I always look at it this way. If, if you look at it to me, I, in my experience, it's always been two corn warlords fighting against each other for the absorption of the of that's the, of the usually greater... that's usually an unaligned chaos warlord trying to prove himself to a god well, to take up on their mark well i thought for sure didn't didn't that choreograph cool or whatever his name was he killed another corn warlord in order to make his his his, his... The, only, the only one that i know of that's done that that's actually gone after another cornate warlord was archeon to prove himself as the god of all chaos well you, yeah you're talking about in okay so it, that's an interesting topic because uh, you know I, i've thrown this question around you know often through through the years and and um i've always gotten mixed you know mixed and i've always had mixed thoughts about who who would be the the greater uh want or uh, lust for 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 war um and it's it's i think it's a tough one i mean yeah i think the orcs are, are easy to look at because you know they're you know they're, they're in all the cinematic trailers too, as far as you know, the army that's out there, you know, running and you know, fighting against everybody. So the orcs might tip them a little bit in the scales, I think. But um, then, then you go back and you ask yourself, you know, Corn himself always says he, he cares not where the blood comes from. So by that own by that own admission, he's saying right. he doesn't care if it's a corn guy where the blood's coming from. So. You know, I, I I often wonder, you know, which one would uh, which one would really tip the scales as far as having a greater lust for for battle and for war. Um, and I and I and I do and I do see where you're coming from on that, Pat. It's just a simple fact that I look at it is orcs are always fighting to improve or become the bigger orc. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. always, they're always looking for that that next tussle to make them grow and make them more powerful. Yeah. Right. Corn is fighting for blood skulls, just like you can go down the list of every army. They've got something, some reason they're fighting, either it be survival, power, gold, money, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. right. But I mean, but corn and their corn, they're just they're just fighting for for absolute destruction of everything. I mean, they they just want they they want they want everything dead or dying on in the name of corn, though, right? I mean, that would that that sounds like a pretty but, warrior group to I me. I think Justin's trying to say that yes, Corn is looking for uh, death and destruction to appease the blood god, but orcs will fight anything, anywhere just to be the bigger, better orc to prove themselves to that to the rest of their clan and the rest of their army. Right. Okay. Even amongst other orcs, like no, it doesn't. No, I, they're just killing everything anywhere for yeah. no reason. It's not or, just orcs, the, don't, orcs don't care who they kill, what they kill, where they kill. Corn has to have followers. They have to have people who worship them. And if they kill everything, which they're not going to do, they lose all that followership and everything else that okay. they need. All right. So it, it's a limitation that Corn has because if they don't have followers, they have no power. Yeah. Okay. I, I got you with that one. All right. I, you know, I'll concede that maybe, maybe right now. Would you, but do you think it's also prefaced on on the story arc itself? Like right now, orc war clans are the more, uh, you know. 
war lustful army or do you think uh do, do you think it's just no matter what i think it's based on i i, I think everything comes down to lore and, and based on the on story arc i think everything is in that path you know if you follow the current story arc where it, with death i mean death's on a war path killing everything in sight just to get more souls sure is that, yeah. is that a huge hunt for war no it's it's a hunt to bolster their ranks and to take everybody off the face of the planet you right. know what i mean right. so well, that's uh, that, that's a good point, and folks, I, I apologize for 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 railroading Chuck on on the on the comments earlier, man. It was uh, it, I I got I got to keep it childish, man. I mean, these guys are way too mature for all of us. You know, we gotta we we gotta keep it childish and kind of and, and kind of goofy, even kind of creepy at times. I guess we can we can do that too. Wait a minute, what the hell is that? What's going on? <laughs> show where we present the rules from hell. <laughs> yes, that's right, Grimdark Goons. It's time for the rules from hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked. Here it is, gang. The Warhammer rule from hell. Let's face it, sometimes we, the players, are hell to the rules. So listen up here, you short-pants little demons. We're pointing our fingers right back at you for getting the rules wrong and making these rules hell on the tabletop. All attacks must be declared before any are rolled. So if you have a monster with four attack profiles, you have to declare targets for all of the attacks before any are rolled. So if the bite kills the hero you're swinging at, you can't then decide to throw the rest into the unit next to him. This could definitely be a rule from hell. And now you know a rule from hell. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so so moving on, we're we're at that point in the uh, in the show where we got the uh, the closing thoughts. So we're gonna we're gonna turn this one over to uh, to Mr. Justin. You got the closing thoughts here, bud. Alrighty. Well, let's let's see what I can pull up here. Um, we're coming back into everything full force here. We're getting into a good place with, with GW in general. Uh, we're starting to see more releases. We're getting the Lumineth Realm Lords. We're getting the uh, we're going to get the Giants here hopefully pretty soon as well. And the year is coming to an end. So with your wish list and things that are out there, do things that fit to you. Your wish lists are your choice. They're your guidance. You can take our advice if you want, but you know you don't have to. It's it's your game. It's your hobby. Build your wish list accordingly. Play accordingly. Don't go blowing 170 bucks on a model if you don't need it. <laughs> you know, use it someplace else. But we're just remember to have fun with the game. Play the game and just do what your heart desires in this game. It's not somebody else's game to pull your strings or your hobby it's your hobby so if you want to paint your luminelth realm lords to look like giant cows with white udders go for it I, i'm just saying but yeah you know what you do what you want in this hobby and you'll be fine that's good all stuff, i got man all right all right, that's uh, that, that was good. That was a good closing thought. I mean, I, I thought for sure we were going to go down the pathway again of you know orcs nailing things and beating things. I wasn't I wasn't no. sure where we were going no. with that. I was I was no. a little nervous. Chuck, were you nervous at all? Yeah, I sort of, I I sort of got really nervous there. <laughs> no, you guys almost broke me when you started going that route. 
I know you're like, oh my I, God. I was going to fall off my chair. What are you talking about? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been me anyways, Justin. It rarely ever is. I'm, I try to keep it classy. It, it would probably would have been Chuck. Yeah. I like, I mean, yeah I'm, like you're not much, you know, I'm just over the top. That's what I am. That's, that's it, man. That's it. Well, uh, well, that's it folks. Uh, thank you so much for being with us for another great show. And that's a wrap. And, and please don't forget to uh, hit the like button or subscribe button and follow our podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you don't, and let me tell you something here, folks, you got to listen to this here. If you don't, the Grim Dark Goons, especially Chuck, is going to come over to your house late at night and do this. Chuck, show him with the dragon. Do that thing. All night long, this is what you're going to hear. Ha-ha! That's going to haunt me all night. You, you want that, folks? So, so all you got to do is you got to hit like or subscribe or follow our podcast and Chuck won't do this. All night night long. See, and that's going to happen. So, folks, uh, thank you all so much uh, for for being with us uh, here in Grim Dark Live this evening. And um, remember, we'll be back next Thursday at 730. So until then, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good luck. Grim Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grim Dark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimDarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.